Hey everyone, this is Ryan Wolt. Welcome to the Cheers North County podcast presented by the Coast News Group. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today, Nick Hammond. He is the founder and head distiller at Pacific Coast Spirits in Oceanside, California. The Pacific Coast Spirits Distillery opened almost simultaneously with me taking over the Cheers North County beverage column at the Coast News, and they were on my top 10 list of places to go check out right away. But I wanted to give them some time to get open, work out the kinks, make sure everything was working properly, and then I would show up to drink the drinks and eat the food. But that didn't quite work out the way I planned. Now, a year later, Nick and I got together virtually to talk about how they survived, what makes them unique in the SoCal marketplace, and how this experience has impacted his team. I also found out that you can order a cocktail in a crowler, which sounds pretty great. Before we get to today's show, I want to shout out the Cheers North County podcast sponsor, Casa de Bandini at the Forum in Carlsbad. Honestly, I cannot thank them enough for their support of the show. They make great Mexican food, and they have an incredible selection of tequilas, and you can even order one of their margaritas for takeout. The Coast News and Casa de Bandini have teamed up to give away $50 gift cards for some of their great food and equally delicious drinks. Just follow at Coast News on Instagram, and then like, share, and tag your friends as soon as you see the Casa de Bandini giveaway post in your feed. Let's get right into the interview with Nick. I want to give you a visual, so know that he is rocking an incredible pandemic beard. And you should also know that he is the Nick Hammond of North County, San Diego, not the Nick Hammond who lives in Orlando that recently reached out to me on social media. While you are listening to the show, take a moment to multitask and please head over to the at Cheers North County social media accounts for updates on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or head over to thecoastnews.com and read my latest Cheers North County column. All right, I've got a cocktail, you've got a cocktail, and now it's time for the show. I appreciate you joining me today. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. I should probably say welcome to the Cheers North County podcast. I think that's part of the deal here I'm supposed to do every time. Well, thank you. It's really nice to meet you, albeit virtually. And I have a two-part question to kind of get us started. It is probably the most important thing that I can think of to ask you today. One, is it Nick or Nicholas? Uh, Nick's fine. Nick is fine. Okay. And two... Are you the same Nicholas Hammond who recently contacted me on LinkedIn, whose profile says he lives in Orlando? No, I do not live in Orlando. (laughs) I think that Nicholas Hammond is trading on your name a little bit because we have like 30 local brewery friends in common. Oh, really? Yeah, it seemed odd. And I thought, well, I know all these people that this guy knows, but I don't think it's the same guy. No, definitely not. Is he in the brewing world or? uh... Nope. Not at all. Graphic designer. So I'm wondering if maybe people started friending him and he thought, hey, I'm real popular in San Diego. Orlando. No, I live uh, I live here in Carlsbad. So (laughs) so since we've established that you're not in Orlando, (laughs) uh, I was hoping you could give me and uh, the listeners of this show a little background on who you are and how you got started and, and how did you get to where we are now? Yeah. So a little background, you know, I've been in the beverage world for a bit now. Um, it's been a passion for a long time, you know, through college, et cetera, you know, beer brewing to winemaking. And, you know, the ultimate goal for me was to get to uh, spirit making. And, um, you know, that's uh, just, just happened for me in the, in the past six years. And it's just become more available. 
you know, as far as uh, the deregulation of laws that have allowed craft distillers to kind of pop up and to do business, to make our, our business uh, uh, something that's, you know, achievable and uh, barriers to entry are dropped, you know, by deregulating old prohibition laws and allowing us to operate much like a brewery would nowadays. So I was going to say, I don't think people realize how intricate some of those laws are. I was in Pennsylvania before California. There was a local craft distillery that opened while I was there called Wiggle Whiskey. Uh-huh. And they, I think they spent like six years trying to get a permit to open up their distillery sure. in Pittsburgh. So anytime anyone opens anything, I'm always impressed. So you st- I start off at that. Well, I appreciate it. It's definitely a feat. Uh, you know, I, I, I still, I, I sit on the shoulders of many that are before us that have kind of paved that, paved that road, that road for us. But, uh, you know, it is still a feat even even nowadays uh, to get it off the ground and then also to, to operate and you know especially in the, in the current environment that we're in uh, it's a challenge for any any hospitality business well and I want to get to that in a minute but I was gonna say you're not just spirits you are also food you have a full restaurant and cocktail bar and the whole deal why double down on that challenge I mean I Running a restaurant on its own is a nightmare. Running a distillery, I don't want to say it's a nightmare. I mean, we you do it because you love it, but it's still, it's a lot. Why double down and do both? Yeah, it is a lot. I think I think it, we're very unique in San Diego to have this model. You know, I think unique in, as a whole in California, there's a few of us that are doing it. And I think what the reasoning being is that, you know, yes, we could create a brand and we can be in an industrial park and then we'd, we'd have to do a lot of marketing. We'd have to have a field team. We'd have to have sales reps. So there's a lot of cost that goes with that as well. For us, you know, while we, we operate a restaurant, we operate the cocktail bar, we have full control of our product. We, we control that messaging on what, how that product is conveyed to customers. We also get a lot of feedback, you know, in our day and age, you know, creating as many spirits as we do. We get feedback directly from our customers and we're able to tailor our spirits accordingly to make sure that we're creating something that, you know, the masses are going to like. But also, you know, something that we like, you know, so, you know, we could we could sit in a bubble and make product in, in a park somewhere else and then, uh, you know, launch it out there and put it on the shelves. But it's not necessarily going to move. So for us, I think it was uh, it's an interesting opportunity. Um, there's a lot of opportunity with our team in the kitchen to have synergy of, of food and beverage. And that's something that we really are exploring, you know, and I think that's uh, for us, that's that's a, that's a differentiator. And it's not often you go to a restaurant where they make everything that's on the cocktail menu in-house, you know? So that's kind of fun. No, that is rare. You kind of just brought it up a minute ago, uh, but COVID, COVID is, is affecting everyone in a million different ways. Hospitality, we're, we see in the news every day, there's a whole bunch of different things on that. What I'm really interested in is, is how you guys have fared over the past year and what you've kind of learned. And then also, how has it kind of, how has it impacted your team? I would imagine that it kind of, it, it creates a little bit more dependence on each other, even if it is a smaller team and maybe kind of like a, Hey, we're going through this sort of camaraderie, but I'm just, I'm, you know, guessing here. I don't really know. Yeah. I think, you know, for us, it was a, it was a great challenge. You know, we were, we opened our doors at the end of the year and, and 19, we only operated for roughly 20 days in 2019. So we had two, we had two months, two solid months and then, uh, and then March hit and, um, you know, permanent, you know, as far as we were concerned, closure. And uh, so, you know, we're, we've invested all this time. We've put years into building the property and, and, and putting all the equipment in. You know, we built this place by hand with a small team. 
and then you know operate for two years or two months and then and then your mandated closure it's uh it'll 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 wear on you it'll it'll mentally hit the team and it's been challenging you know we've had a lot of attrition with our team and i think everyone has seen that you go through layoffs you know for survival and then you try to rehire and try to regrow and find opportunity and pivot and i think you know the strong survive and it kind of shows you know who people you know the real side of people you know, you definitely depend on people, you lean on them. And, uh, you know, the, the team, you know, we've got a team now that's, uh, that's very strong. And, uh, you know, we depend on each other. And it's, I, I think we value each other even more now, because we've survived, you know, what we've, what we've been through. So you mentioned it, it can be taxing and wearying. Have you have you found moments where you can kind of take a breath because you're making decisions now, not just as an owner and as a community, but as a community member, and as someone who is you know, before I it was worrying about paying bills and providing a great product, but now there's this this extra pandemic layer of like, well, I also want to keep people safe and and provide them opportunities, you know, for your employees, but I also don't want to put them at risk. Absolutely. You feel responsibility as an employer, right? I mean, that's that was part of you know, half the reason why to to take this avenue as well is to to create jobs. You know, I mean, we are we're a value add manufacturing company by uh, you know, by the definition of a of a of a distiller, but we also have, you know, 25 to 30 employees varying between throughout this whole process, throughout the whole last year, and we are responsible for them. We're responsible for them, their families, the livelihood of all of us. And so, you know, it makes us we make r- tough decisions to to open or close or whatever whatever that be, and or to pivot the business and you know to create new products to survive, and that's out of necessity because. You know, we didn't we didn't go through all this work to just open our doors for two months and close the door and walk away. I mean, this is we're here for a long time, so it's a matter of survival. Being there for a long time is part of that is is becoming part of the fabric of that of that community. And hospitality in general is about creating community, really. Yep. If it's not for the quality of the product, they still got to enjoy coming there for a reason. And it's usually the people. It's great when you can do both. You guys have kind of something that I that. I personally find to be really appealing, which is you do a bunch of different clubs, coin club, bottle club, barrel club. I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. What goes into kind of creating that sort of program for the community and then take it another step further and say, uh, and at some point we're going to have to talk about spirits as well, but uh, (laughs) take a step further and say, as you're becoming, you know, you're a full year now into being a business in Oceanside, how do you feel that you fit there? Do you, you know, are you, have you found yourself able to give back or do philanthropic things throughout the year? I mean, I've been watching your Instagram feeds and your social, so I'm kind of leading, leading a question here a little bit, but sure. uh, But I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, bottom line, we wouldn't be here without our community. Um, Our computer, our community has been there to hold us up through all of this uh, as well. And, and we've been there throughout the entire COVID process, uh, helping our community. You know, we, we early on pivoted to making hand sanitizer as a necessity, but also to provide a safe, uh, you know, safe opportunity for our community that could find sanitizer, uh, when it was most needed, uh, when all of this was kind of an unknown, uh, we didn't know what the virus was. Everyone was sanitizing everything. And I'm going to interrupt and just say, how wild was that, that we were at a point where we couldn't get hand sanitizer? Uh, it's insane, you know, when the big companies get mandated at supply only restaurant, or hospital, you know, hotels or uh, hospitals and first, you know, first uh, responders. You know, I, mean, I guess uh, 
you you lean to the next the next in line that had the opportunity and the and the tools to do it and you know it wasn't us that came up with it it was our guilds it was our you know it was from the top down we got advisement you know directly from our national guilds trying to help us survive as well looking out for us and uh you know the fda stepped in we jumped on it we were producing within the first week um, we already had high proof here, you know, utilizing grape spirit for our vodka. And, uh, we, you know, it was very expensive hand sanitizer at the beginning. But, you know, we've done what we can. We've sourced new product. We've gone through that. We've uh, found some of the efficiencies. And uh, and now, you know, we, we're going to continue to offer it, you know, at a, at a, at a nice cost price that, that helps our community. You know, and I think we'll, we'll always keep it as long as FDA allows us to make an ode to kind of like the times that we went through. You know, I mean, it's uh, it, it saved us. And, uh, you know, in an extension of that, you know, our community, we started this out. You know, I have a I have a, a fond piece of my heart that's about giving back and, and philanthropic. And and, uh, you know, we started this as, you know, every month we were going to we were going to find a nonprofit to work with. I mean, we're partnered with one uh, percent for planet. Um, so we we're already giving, uh, you know, one percent of all of our revenues back to donation. And, and part of that uh, can be accounted for local donations, local, you know, 5013Cs that we can find and help. And we find, uh, find that we have, we have a great venue here. Uh, we have a pretty consistent following and customer base that, you know, we can help build awareness for, for local nonprofits. We can give back as well. And, and so we do something called the Give Back Cocktail and we, um, you know, we, we donate back uh, an equal amount of 50% of those proceeds back to a, a nonprofit that we partner with for that month. This month, we're partnering with Humanity Showers, which is a, a great nonprofit here in Oceanside. And uh, they provide, you know, showers and cleanliness to, to, to those who are in need and that are homeless and, um, you know, want to find opportunity to, to get jobs. And, you know, we we're partnering with Jordan, who has uh, just been, I mean, if you get a chance to talk to him, absolutely inspiring on the project that he's doing. And, you know, we're, we're happy to help as, in any way possible. So, you know, yes, we are giving back to our community and, and our community is there giving back to us, uh, helping us survive this as well. I would venture that that Humanity Showers program, it also gives more than just showers. It's, it's a little bit of dignity as well. It is. It's, it's dignity. You know, it's, um, you know, guys that, you know, want to go in for an interview and want to, you know, present themselves well and, and, and uh, you know, it gives them an opportunity to, to do that. And he's got some stories that are amazing, but, you know, people that have, have been there, have come through the showers, that have now gotten jobs, that are no longer homeless, that have recovered from, from their, uh, you know, bad, bad dealt hand. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's very inspiring. Let's talk about spirits. You guys make a ton of different stuff. And you, you said something a minute ago that made me wonder this. Was that always the plan or was part of that because of diversifying this year? Yeah, so uh, it was part of the plan. It's not our long-term plan from a distribution standpoint. We, again, we operate a restaurant and a full cocktail bar. So if we're not making the spirit, we're pouring something else. And so uh, it makes sense for us to make all the spirits that we find are a need for our cocktail program. And we'll continue to add some and take some away. You know, our, our great passion is in is an American single malt, uh, California bourbons, and recently really expanding into the gin side of things. You know, that's where that's where we like to play. But you know, we create an agave spirit. We're on the Pacific coast. We bring you know nectar over from Jalisco, Mexico, 
100% blue rubber agave, and we make an agave spirit. Can't call it tequila, but we, uh, you know, we have margaritas on our menu, and that's, this is San Diego. So, you know, what's a bar without a margarita on the menu, right? <laughs> Well, you just said gin. I actually had my first gin drink in over 20 years a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, I, I, this has been a big year for me as a, as a drinker because I've had more time to really focus on it, being at home all the time. And uh, most of the people I've met through this show and, and some other shows in the distilling arena have forced me to, to try new things. So I started drinking tequila again. And I like to think of myself as, very, as a simple guy. So it's generally... It was always either whiskey or vodka and an ice cube. End of drink. <laughs> Very easy. Sure. Now all of a sudden, I've got a we've got a full bar here in the house, and we're mixing drinks and doing things. and And I think the pandemic did a, a positive thing that we're taking out of it is an appreciation, really, for the food that we eat and the the beverages that we're drinking. Sure. It, it's less about. I don't want to say it's less about the socializing. I can't wait to get back to that part. Yeah, it's going to be a heyday, I'm sure, after this whole thing. But it's also made me really appreciate, you know, those things that I'm that we're we're doing at home. I think you're you're exactly that you're exactly right. Uh, people care about where their food is coming from. People care about you know what's in their beverage, and at least is starting to care a little more, you know. And I think that's that's where having the restaurant and the synergy that we have in food and beverage allows us. To, we get to care about how that's put together. You know, we have we have chicken on our menu, but it's not any chicken. It's pasture raised chicken. You know, and we, it's from Murrieta and Warner Springs, you know, it's right here. It's local as we can get, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. They're smaller birds, but these are, I mean, there's no hormones that there's, there's no pesticides in the ground. You know, it's insane how, how well fed these birds are, you know, and I think that's, it's just being mindful about what's going back into our, you know, our own body. And that goes right back into the spirits is that, you know, I personally take care in everything that goes into these spirits. You know, I don't, I, I know, you know, for our bourbons, we know exactly where our corn's coming from. We don't use feed corn from, from another region. We use it right here in California, and it's, it's not feed corn. It's actually food-grade corn. It's very high-end. It's non-GMO, sometimes organic. You know, there's a lot more flavor that comes out of it, and it's really fun to play with some of these grains. And I think, you know, as you try our spirits, you know, I think you'll, you'll see how unique we are compared. You know, I mean, we're not trying to make a Jim Beam whiskey or anything, you know, a Jack Daniels. I mean, there's, those guys do what they do and they do it great. We're not trying to be that, you know, we're trying to be unique to what we're, we're making here. You know, it's just like craft breweries, you know, you got, there's a million IPAs out there, but everyone's different. You know, I think that's where we get to really explore the craft. You know, as we say here, it's, you know, adventures in the craft. And I think that's, that's San Diego, you know, through and through. Uh, from every brewer to every distiller to some of the winemakers that are here as well. It's, uh, you know, it's an adventure for us. And, and recently, in the last two years, gin has been come, become one of my kind of, you know, fun avenues to explore. And uh, we have two gins now. We launched with our, our California dry gin. It's very juniper forward, uh, nice little lavender balance, uh, kind of floral. But it's something that we cut very neat and the heart's cut when we make it. You could put it on the rocks and sip it, you know, it's not going to be in your face, pungent, you know, kind of like, man, I got to drown this thing in tonic or, you know, we try to make our, our spirits so you can drink them neat. And then if you want to explore that, you know, into a cocktail, then so be it, you know. I know that you guys have an extensive cocktail menu. One thing that I really appreciate about North County in particular, and, and I say this having run a bar in San Diego proper, 
is I think the best cocktail makers are in North County. That's good to know. <laughs> and, I, and that's not to insult anyone because there's great people down south yeah. as well, but there's kind of a focused talent of people up here in, in North County that really are passionate about making good cocktails. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there are. And I think, you know, we're lucky to have the customer base that, that seeks that out as well. It provides an avenue for talented bartenders that are in our area. And, and honestly, they're liquid chefs, you know, as far as we're concerned, you know, what they can put together. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a bartender by any means. I like making spirits, you know, and I get a lot of feedback from our bartenders. Hey, you know, if, can you can you make the spirit balance this way a little bit more so it's, you know, a little more presented for the cocktail? And that's that's exactly why we have a bar is to get feedback from customers, from bartenders to tone our, you know, to, to narrow in our spirits to where we need them to be. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. We've got some, there's some great talent up here. Well, we are in the early part of February and we are just starting to see the magical vaccine arrive. <laughs> Have you even tried to project what the rest of this year will be for you guys? You know, I, I would hope it was uh, all green pastures and we see the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm hopeful for that. You know, that's how we're proceeding to kind of grow. You know, we're, we're continuing to grow with, with the demand that, you know, our, we're seeing a lot of folks now been cooped up for, you know, eight, six to eight months and uh, they're over it. They want to come out. And so it's, it's great to see on our end, you know, again, we're trying to, you know, we, we take measures in our restaurant to stay as safe as possible to socially distance to make sure we're, we're cleaning and sanitizing. We just actually moved just now back to plates because, you know, just to keep our, our staff safe as well. I'm very conscious of that. You know, we're not trying to put anyone in harm's way, but we also, you know, want to, want to make sure that we have, we've created jobs and we keep those jobs and we keep people employed. Costs have gone up for food because of all this to go materials that we've had to, you know, add on to it. But, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's the biz right now. But, I'm hopeful this is the last move that we go back to plates now. We stay in plates. Food looks <laughs> way better on plates than it does in to-go containers. Yes, it does. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, the timing of everything is nice. Uh, you know, we'll have some nice warm weather coming in the, in the coming months. I'm sure we got, you know, a handful of wet days ahead of us, which is hard to manage when you're only dining outside. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, eventually here we go 25% inside again. And it gives us that balance to be able to, you know, accommodate folks that want to come out. I do the the local COVID news update every Wednesday. And this week, we it was the third week in a row that we've had dropping numbers. And I can say, having done them every Wednesday for a year, that's the first time that's happened. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's good news. So that's, I, it was it was funny. I thought it was funny to myself how much that actually affected me uh, when I was writing the show. And I thought, wow, that's really something that, that matters to me. I care about that. I mean, not just for the numbers, but it, it, it's a trend line that I can yeah. hang on to for another day or two. Absolutely. I feel like we, there's a lot of things that we could talk about. We could probably do two or five or 10 shows over the course of a year, but sure. I, before we get to, to, to the end today, excuse me, you guys do a lot of stuff. We were just talking a little bit about, about sustainability and you mentioned to go, which I think we spent years getting away from like, all to go and all plastic and all everything. And then all of a sudden we are forced into it. And I know sustainability from a, in a distillery and a restaurant is much bigger than just takeout plates. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about that and just, especially with small margins, which you, you just referenced. 
what kind of efforts do you guys take or prioritize at PCS in a world that we're not worried about COVID as much? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we are, we're a surf rider um, licensed restaurant, uh, which means you don't have any single-use plastic. I'll tell you that is probably one of the biggest challenges going through all of this is that, you know, when we first started going to go, we had everything was compostable. Everything was made of sugar cane. It was, you know, we felt good about it. It's been a challenge because suppliers can't keep up with it. You're forced to order what you can order as long, you know, and, and what we've done is just keep, we've kept it as recyclable and, and as renewable as possible when it comes to go. But back into our own production, you know, we built our whole distillery to be very sustainable. Uh, recy- we recycle all of our water uh, in-house. We have a big 3,000 gallon water tank that's inside and we use a lot of water in the distilling process because in distilling, you're going through vapor change uh, and phase changing. So, you know, you're, you're, you're boiling off water, you're vaporizing the ethanol uh, off the mash, and then you're recondensing that and in, back into a liquid to recapture it. And you have to use a lot of water to cool that vapor back down. And instead of it going down the, the drain, we're reclaiming it, we're recapturing the heat internally, and then we're actually rechilling it, refiltering it, and using it again on the loop. So that also goes into future products. So it goes through a sedimentary filter, carbon filter, and then UV to get treated. We have to be very mindful, I think, being in this industry, not to be wasteful. We have to be intentional about it. And, you know, that's something that's, you know, core. one of our pillars, you know, in our in our business is, is being sustainable. And I think we do that very well. Even the grain goes to local farms. You know, we've got a new new rancher out in uh, out, outside of Ramona and uh, Julian there that we're now taking out, taking our grain to. And they're feeding steers and cow. And, you know, they're actually being very, you know, forthright and, and, and thoughtful about trying to find a, a way to have a USDA slaughterhouse back in San Diego again so that we could, restaurants down here could then bring those meats right back, you know. And so we're playing a big part in that. And I think, uh, you know, it's a long game for us, you know, as far as sustainability and our impact. But, uh, you know, hopefully this COVID was more of a blip. And, uh, you know, we, we have to be very intentional about how we go forward. I think intention is a great uh, way to think about it. I have gone through a, a bunch of different eating choices in my life. And, and ultimately, what I care about is that I know where my food came from. Uh, the older I get, the more that matters. There was certainly a point in my life where it was white bread, butter, and sugar, and I was fine with that you know, yeah. for, uh, through college. But what did I not ask you? What, should, what do you want people to know about what you guys are doing or who you are? I think, uh, you know, just as a whole, as a craft distillery, I think people are still don't really know what we do. And I think as a whole, you know, our license allows us to create spirits in-house. You can enjoy those here on premise at through our restaurant and our bar, but they can actually buy bottles in retail as well. You can buy up to three bottles a day per person uh, with our California license. So that's kind of fun. We create cocktail kits that you can take home. Three bottles of one thing or three bottles total? Total. Yeah. Total. So it's three bottles. So anything at the three, uh, 750 milliliters. So we're actually something pretty fun that we're, we're one of the first distilleries in California to do is, uh, is utilize the crowler that you would know from the beer industry. We're actually using the 25.4 ounce crowler, which is the old Foster's beer can. <laughs> and that's actually equal to 750 milliliters. We actually do nine draft cocktails at the bar and we can fill those on draft into a crowler We can it, lit it, seal it, and you can leave with three of those, a little party starter for the weekend. 
you know, each it's five cocktails in one can. So you can serve those out. That's cool. And that will be something that we can do after, after this whole COVID and cocktails to go, go away because they're ready to drinks. And that's, it's really our R and D program towards getting our cocktails in a can. Yeah. That's very, that's a, that's a really nice way to, if you're ordering dinner to take out and you can just grab a cocktail and I have to worry about either making Absolutely. it at home or having the right ingredients. I find a lot of times I want to make a cocktail, but I'm always missing that one thing. Yeah. It's challenging. Like you'll, you'll have a cocktail in a bar and you'll, you'll be like, Oh, I want to go home and make that. Right. But how many <laughs> ingredients do you have to buy? You have to buy all the, you know, the sugars, the, uh, you know, to make the simple syrups, you've got to get the liqueurs. And by the time you're done, you spend over a hundred and some dollars trying to make one cocktail. Yeah. Or you're trying to make your own simple syrup and you're just annoyed yeah. with yourself and you've ruined a pan. Yeah. So we're trying to take some of that out and make it fun. We're, we're making a <laughs> cocktail kit for uh, Valentine's day where we make the simple syrup. We provide you with the garnish and the juice, and then you can buy a bottle that goes with that and go home and make 10 cocktails at home uh, for Valentine's day and have a, have a little bit of fun around it without having to worry about getting the measurements, you know, correct. And, uh, you know, it comes with the instructions and the recipe, but it, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So hypothetically speaking, cause I don't know if I'm allowed to say I'm going to do it or not, but if I were going to do that, I'm sure that I am. I don't think there's any rules in podcasting. No. How do I order that? Do I go on your website? Do I call? What's the best way? What's the best thing for you? Yeah. So you can, you can uh, just go right onto our, our website. It's takeout and delivery. Uh, you go on there and you can order it for pickup. Uh, or curbside and or you can just come into the distillery and enjoy a meal and a taster and take them to go very cool absolutely all right last chance anything i missed i think you mentioned it earlier but our clubs are pretty fun so check out our clubs on our website we got a really rad one called the coin club if you're local it's uh there's there's so many benefits with it you get percentages off your food and beverage every time you visit you get our uh a free cocktail every month uh, that comes out. It's called the local handshake. And so uh, this, this uh, local handshake this month is our table side G and T build, which is pretty fun. Yeah. It's just a, it's a fun aspect. You get, you know, percentages off bottles and merchandise. So it's, it's well worth it if you're an aficionado and visit us often. Very cool. Well, uh, Nick, it's been a real pleasure just chatting with you and, and I'm sure that we'll do it again. Likewise. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. That's today's show, everyone. I want to thank Nick Hammond for being here. It has been a long first year for Pacific Coast Spirits, but after surviving COVID-19, I have trouble imagining that there will be a future challenge they cannot survive. Get online and go to paccoastspirits.com to learn more about the PCS clubs and to get discounts and join a local spirits community. You can find links to that in this show's notes. Or order some food and a few bottles of craft spirits or a crawler filled with fine cocktails to go right now. And currently, outdoor dining is open. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cheers North County podcast. We will be back in a few weeks with the team from San Diego's Climate Action Campaign. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening and joining me for another happy hour. Don't forget to read the Cheers North County column on thecoastnews.com and to follow at Coast News on Instagram so you can win one of those Casa de Bandini gift cards and get yourself some fine food and drink. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating and review, preferably if you've enjoyed the show. It really helps people find a local show like this one. This episode of the Cheers North County Podcast was produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Jordan Ingram is my editor-in-chief. The Coast News associate publisher is Chris Kidd, and the publisher is Jim Kidd. Thank you for listening, everyone. Be well, stay healthy and sane, and keep living the dream. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone.